0: everyone thanks for tuning in to power athlete radio featuring the crew where a former pro football player a d3 all-star and a guy who peaked in high school use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about everything but now here's
1: John Luke and Tex
2: Kick the wheels right before the hammer strikes make sure the far from we got the girls oh so right
0: I can't wait any longer, Tex. It's time. It's For time. the rhythm and the, the, the rhythm. forth the rhythm and the rhyme. That's right. it. It's time to bring forth the rhythm and the rhyme. It's podcast time. Power Athlete Radio is the premier podcast in strength and conditioning. Ng. It is. Uh, <laughs> and it's time to record another crew episode featuring myself. I'm Luke. And Tex here. And John. John Wellborn, friend of the podcast. Nice friend. of you to join
2: us. I'm always happy to be here.
0: Longest so far longest dead horse <laughs> joke on the podcast?
1: Yeah. Is it? Because like and In, I, th- I before think our In, call In, I think our caller's onto it.
0: Yeah, and before Ing, like we were doing the ing Ing thing were we doing Friend of the Podcast? I don't think. Featuring. So. I know it's always been featuring Power Athlete CEO because when we first started it, we were like, ah, oh, we'll get John on every like every couple Six months. months. Yeah. You know? Like so he's been featuring since then, and then I don't think I ever updated the copy on that. So I think it's always wow. been featuring well, when we do. I agreed
2: to do this thing, to do it periodically. Like every couple of months, I yeah. would come on. And then you guys doing. are like.
0: That's what we're doing.
2: <laughs> every every week, week. I, get, <laughs> I get these reminders. I'm like, do I have to be at the podcast? And you're like, what? I, of course. I'm like, oh.
0: Did, does a bear. What do they say? Does a bear shit in the woods? Yeah. It does. I did not know that. Where else would it shit? Um, Starbucks. <laughs> 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 All right. Back on track. Do you, what, what, you look like you have something to say.
1: I'm doing my best to hold back.
0: <laughs> you look upset. He, you got to see this, this guy,
1: people. Can't, yeah, we're available on YouTube, Power Athlete Radio. If you mm-hmm. search Power Athlete on YouTube, you'll find yeah, us. Yeah, you'll
0: find it. You can't miss us. Yeah. Plus a lot whatever of fun lectures. Whatever happened, John, Ooh. sidebar, whatever happened to PowerAthlete.com? Did um, that guy ha- that guy had that domain, didn't he? Well, he's still squ- he's still squatting. He's squatting on it, on it now and he's going gone to powerathlete.net.
2: No, no, no. Power no, powerathlete.net is a guy that has a gym somewhere in Ohio. In Ohio. powerathlete.com I tried to buy him. The guy wanted like high six figures for it. <laughs> and he's been squatting on my domain and the hilarious part is we have the trademark. Yeah. We've done all this stuff for it. So we are, but it's uh,
0: what, costing him twelve bucks a year to like. Yeah, and like, yeah. Uh,
2: it's to the point where uh, we probably just have to file a lawsuit.
0: Yeah, well, or maybe there's a listener out there who knows how to find this person and has a very special set of skills and can go Liam Neeson on them. They may, we have to have one listener who's like.
2: But no, but uh, he can't do anything with it. Who Liam Neeson? No, well, he can, <laughs> but the guy squatting on
1: PowerAthlete.com. Uh, right. dot com. squatting can't do anything. That's a very interesting. Oh, segue. Choice of words, John. Yeah,
0: wow. Because we are talking squatting today. We have a listener who has called in (laughs) to the Power Athlete Hotline. The hotline is open, ladies and gentlemen. It's hot. That's right. We are waiting for you to call. Leave us some love. Leave us some messages or questions. The number is 929-464-4640. Let's see what this caller has to say, I don't know how that's gonna be. You guys ready? Yeah, let's
1: do it. Hi, John. This is Tex. Long time. Are you talking to John? I gotta I have to call John. Tex, longtime friend of the friend of the podcast. <laughs> Recently, you and I were tagged in an Instagram post about sprinters not squatting toes forward. Then you and I jumped into the argument. I posed a question to the author here. I was blocked. Power athlete was blocked, and then he retracted his statement to you. So I'm just wondering, can we get to the bottom of squatting toes forward for sprinters, and try to defunct his argument that squatting is a bilateral exercise, sprinting is unilateral. They don't connect, or do they?
0: Ooh.
1: Fight later.
2: Bye. Mm. Thanks, friend of the friend of the podcast. Wow.
0: You're welcome, friend. I hate that guy's voice. (laughs) (laughs) I hate your face. Mm -hmm. Is there anything I can do about that? Interesting. Where should we start? Uh, I think Tex wants to start. Well,
2: I'll start. I'll just give a little background. So I got tagged in this post. um, Some guy with some just random Instagram handle, not assessing his name, that goes by Squat Scholar. Uh, posted a deal, which is hilarious because well, we're not
1: going to give him any. Don't even look this guy up; it's yeah. not worth. It.
2: Yeah, but the hilarious part is is that the picture he took of his um, obviously European shoes, his toes aren't even vertical. The lines are, but if you see there, that's like a three degree, maybe three to six degree out anyway. So he doesn't even understand what toes forward is. Uh, he was talking about how sprinters shouldn't squat toes forward. I got tagged in, jumped in, and we talked about um, you know not only. Uh, like uh, teaching people to squat well toes forward as a model for not only developing strength and musculature and all the other key factors but as it carries over to sport for change of direction for plyometrics and teaching uh, athletes to be stronger in a toes forward model um, seem pretty straightforward and what just really just occurred to her what it seemed like is that the individual has probably never lifted heavy weights never trained anybody to lift any heavy weights and has never actually taken an athlete from the weight room out onto the field i mean i don't even think the guy even coaches anybody
1: yes and after comments or two john tagged me in like, all right I'll, I'll i'll take it so i posed two questions to this individual to try to Dig into this conversation because this is like the the Gary V style one-liner exclamation point. Get everybody to click like or dive into his uh, page or whatever. So
0: would this be the Socratic method? No,
2: this is more like uh, the guy's just basically
1: with
0: what, what Texas approach. Oh yeah, yes. So I asked that, two questions.
1: Yeah, I asked him two questions to keep the conversation going, and I tagged referees K Star. And Coach Calf, Kav, Justin Cavanaugh. All right. The, the questions that I asked before we get to what occurred, what happened. Questions that I asked. Is it possible that squatting toes forward, a bilateral movement, could help improve your jumping ability or ability to express your movement? And then that ability through the jumps or other movements then transfers over to the sprint. Question number one. Uh, Question number two. Squatting toes forward, are you as a coach able to watch the athlete execute this movement and then identify a limitation that could potentially identify something that is not apparent when they're sprinting at full speed? Block that, man! What occurred next... It set me at the time. I'm fine now, clearly.
0: You were triggered like the triggered gif? No.
1: (laughs) He's still triggered. Penguin, we
0: need a triggered gif.
1: Blocked. So he deleted the comment and then blocked me. He then, or John then asked, would you ask him? You reached out because I told you. I said
2: to him, I was like, hey, man, uh, how come you been attacked, Chris? I was like, hey, how come you blocked him? That's some hack shit. He posed some good questions, and um, he said that uh, you were being combative and weren't adding to the
1: conversation, which I knew not to be the case because I knew what you posted. So then the individual found out who I was and blocked Power Athlete. So went as far as to block the other account that I have access to to then dive in. So I didn't even pursue through Power Athlete, but then he sought it out and blocked it. The latest revelation, John... He deleted your comments.
2: Oh, he did delete my comments. And
1: any other comment that was present at the time that I last looked at this post that was not in line with his thinking. So this is the problem, Tex. Let me tell you. Uh, no, the guy's a huge bitch. Well, no, text. You need more
0: shell accounts. That's the fucking problem. How do you not have a, a like a stable of shell accounts? Well, I was able to re- pull Paul up. Paul Frostman, po- CJ Fluid. These are my. These are my shell
1: <laughs> no, accounts. No, they're not. Those are our friends. Uh, Shut up, D- <laughs> Through D three All Stars account, I was able to re- pull up the post and check mm-hmm. because Power Athletes was blocked.
0: But. This is a problem, though. This is like, this I think is that's, where...
1: That's a problem bigger than the question, and well, I would like to get into well, the question. Well, I mean, hey,
2: here's the deal, man. Like, uh, obviously, the guy is posting it for Click. He's a coward, and he doesn't understand. Like, he, mm-hmm. he uh, went on GoDaddy and found something, like a URL that had to deal or, you know, a handle on Instagram, and he's putting himself out there, and I think if you click onto his website, he uh, sells uh, consultations for 19 pounds because he's in the U.K., so 19 pounds, he'll give you a consultation, which, um, uh, like, either the guy's got low self-esteem or it's not very good. But um, he's obviously, if you click through and you look at, at him, he, dude, the, the guy's never trained. He's never lifted weights. And, I mean, he's obviously never read any Charlie Francis's work. I mean, and that was the question I asked him. I'm like, you haven't got to Charlie Francis yet, talking about, you know, not lifting weights. I mean, it's just, I think the problem is, we've seen this on the internet time and time again, a fancy handle. And you take some interesting position on something, and next thing you know, you try to carve out your little, you know, your little fiefdom. And uh, then all of a sudden, then people show up and fucking stomp on it. And uh, instead of, you know, battling the bullshit and going to battle and presenting your ideas and, you know, working to grow as an individual, like listening to what other people have to say, what do you do? You just delete it and hide from it. Um, I always imagined that the exchange of information with the internet would actually lead to people being more critical and thinking like that. They like that the, that the, uh, uh, transfer of information, people going back and forth, the sharing, the fact that we can talk to people so easily would actually result in people being more open-minded and people being like, yeah, you know what? That information has changed the way I've looked at this. Thank you for bringing it to me. And it's actually done the exact opposite. People have become more close-minded and more, uh, like, definitive to dig in their heels, and then you know what? Oh, these people said something that, that disagrees with me. I'm just gonna delete them and hide from them.
0: And it's also like people are I, I hate, I don't want to use it. That, let me rephrase this, let me restructure it. There's a lack of nuance, there's a, a general lack of desire to explore the nuance of some of these definitive statements. Case in point, squat scholar says no um uh, wait, wait, no, don't. Uh, sprint
2: squaller. Sp-
0: sprint squaller. Squaller. Sprint squaller. Yes. Yeah, presents a firm statement that is so that is so absolute, lacks any sort of opacity, and like that's it. And then as you and no, guys no solution. As you guys approach nuance with this, he decides to delete it. Well, like let's explore the nuance of this situation because number one, he's not one hundred percent wrong. He's not, but he's not 100% right. Not even close. Well, There's uh, probably some there exception are. where you, can take, yeah. you could take an athlete who would find uh, improvements in his sprint performance with a toes-out squat or something. Well, like there, That
2: exists. It just exists. Well, I mean, here, here's an interesting piece. If you want to talk about toes forward, you're talking about it just in the bilateral sense. If you look at, um, you know, Cal Dietz and I had an amazing, really actually really good argument that changed maybe the way I think, and maybe I uh, influenced him a little bit when he started talking about why are you still teaching people the bilateral squat? Yeah, and he's like, why don't you just go to the uh, the single leg uh, half foot squats, uh, split squats that we're using? And I was like, well, everybody needs a foundation, and and I went back to this thing, and I'm like, you know, you're teaching a more advanced movement. We have to teach a foundation. He's like, well, he's, he's like, fuck all that. He's like, to sprint and to run, you're always on one leg, so why are you teaching this? And I'm like, because there has to be a foundation. There has to be that Mm -hmm. initial piece in the keystone. And we had a really good discussion about it, and he's like, okay. And And then, but the interesting thing is, if you look at the way he's teaching his single leg active foot, it's a toes forward model. All that, toes, yeah. I mean, so, there is no deviation, and and we even talked about you know the, the foot position being a force bleed effect and the arch and all the other key factors. And then when we left the conversation, he was like, "I totally understand why you guys squat toes forward, and that is probably the best solution I've heard and the best reason mm-hmm. application I've seen for bilateral squatting, or the best argument for it uh, as a." Um, you know, as a, a precursor, as a foundational movement before moving on to more yes. advanced movements.
1: foundational is a key word. I would like to explore the toes-forward squat with this conversation versus... Do you have any more uh, rants on definitive statements?
0: No, because well, it's like we're about to enter into the nuance to, okay. to but build what, context but, but to look, justify I mean, the position.
2: You know, I mean, that, that's part of the thinking in bets deal. Like, we don't speak in absolutes. Sure. You know, that, uh, that piece Is that of, an absolute? I'm just kidding. No, like, it, it's, it, technically dude, people, man, like, I was thinking about, like, even in um, in relationships with your marriage and whatnot, like, people create these absolute, uh, you know, I would never do this. You know, that's a terrible idea. That's, you know, and they, they, they create these, like, definitive, like, hard lines in the sand that the problem is, is that if you cross it, then you look bad, but then, you know, it's just, it's just like, don't make definitive statements. Um, you know, say, hey, and, and I, I even said there, like, hey, Every person I've ever met can squat toes forward. Now, the depth at which they can squat toes forward becomes a limiting factor. And I'll go back to us teaching a seminar in Chicago many, many moons ago where, remember, the guy came to the seminar specifically because he had had hip pain squatting. So he comes over to me. He's like, hey, I'm here. I got this terrible hip pain from squatting. Can you help me? Great. Let's see it. Let's go over and squat. So all of a sudden, he goes and gets under the bar, steps back, and as he goes to descend, all of a sudden, I see his right leg coming up on his toe as he's going down and as he's fighting down all of a sudden he's practically on his big toe his other foot's flat and I was like whoa whoa whoa! what are you doing he puts the bar away pulls up his pant leg and he has a fake leg he got his leg blown off in um, um, in the Middle East and I'm like so wait a minute like let's look at this joint and this and the, the way that the foot was set up it didn't have enough articulation from the um, plantar uh, dorsiflexion for him to be able to squat and I was like so wait a minute you're thinking that the reason that you can't squat is because of your hip. I'm like, you're missing the whole bottom portion of your leg. So I'm like, why don't we find the best squat for you? And what did we do? We found that a toes forward position here where he squats down to about a 45 and then comes back up before his foot starts to impede it. All of a sudden, no more hip pain. And he's like, but at my CrossFit gym, they tell me to squat to parallel, at which point I took a card out of my pocket. I wrote my name and my number. And I handed him the card and I was like, next time you go there and they tell you that, hand them this card and have them call me and I will fucking eviscerate <laughs> them on the phone. This is your new movement. This is how you're going to do it. Tell those people to go fuck themselves. Here's my number. And uh, I never heard back from him nobody ever called me. So I'm assuming that he, you know, he, he took that. But there's an individual that has uh, a very, very specific range of motion due to a limitation. He was still squatting toes forward. We just had to find depth. Not everybody's going to have the musculature and the ability, the strength, the flexibility, anthropometrical ratios to squat below parallel, but everybody can squat well with a toes forward model. So that way, and, and that was what I pitched to the guy. At which point, he couldn't fucking understand. And actually, well, I, I never said that. And I'm like, and then he accused me of not being able to read. And I'm like, yeah, uh, you know, two degrees at
1: Berkeley, and I still can't read.
2: Get the fuck out of here.
1: I got a lot of st- stances on this. That was a joke. where are you gonna start uh i would like i would like to start with the the foot position so in preparation for this podcast where i want to go before we get too lost or in the weeds i want to hit foot position and then bilateral as a term so we said the the bilateral mm-hmm. uh doesn't transfer mm-hmm. to unilateral may i start yeah with uh, the squat
0: Ladies and gentlemen, if you're new to power athlete, we use the barbell back squat as the keystone, the center stone lift in our training for a couple reasons. Number one, um, it's a great way to train the most amount of musculature in a short period of time. It allows us to get gains quick with new athletes. We've just observed it. Are there other ways? Sure. But it's we're able to coach it really well and it works really well is number one. Number two, it is the best way to replicate what we refer to as the universal athletic position under stress. That stress out of the gate for new athletes is gonna be load. That universal athletic position is paramount because that is the detail, that is the nuance that allows us to look at training in an outcome through an outcome lens versus a solution lens. People are looking at the squat as a solution but what we're trying to achieve is an outcome, which is an improved level of athleticism, which would be your ability to perform on the field for your given sport, task, et cetera. Universal athletic position kind of looks like a linebacker stance, right? So your feet are about shoulder width apart, maybe a little wider, depends on you, how you're built as an athlete. Um, and those toes are forward, like you're standing on and tracks because we're gonna take advantage of the hinge joint of the knee and we're gonna line those legs so they're also facing forwards relative to your standing position. And then we're gonna balance, we're gonna keep that center of gravity over that midfoot by bending the knees and bending the hips and keeping a nice neutral trunk and spine position. That's the universal athletic position and it's the best position we know to go 360 degrees um, across all axes. It's not the best position for a defensive lineman. It's not the best position for a sprinter. It's not a position specific position. It's a general position for you to perform. So we use the squat to strengthen that position to build a habit for athletes to get into this position. And that's what's paramount about understanding how power athlete uses the squat is for desired outcome to make that your default position on the field.
2: Well, I mean, have you ever seen anybody load up into the blocks in a sprint? they load their feet in a toes forward model, mm-hmm. and they come out and they—you know—they they put their foot in the ground. Yep. in a toes forward model. I mean, we see this everywhere. I mean, you were talking about for defensive linemen. Uh, dude. I knew if a guy if his toes were forward and he was up on his big toe and he was going to drive forward, he was going to be a lot harder to for me to you know head off and do this. Opposed from guys that played more in a duck footed position. Mm-hmm.
0: That's, that's what's important about understanding is there's a very specific application to the, to the way we squat within the whole framework of the program, which also includes hundreds of other movements applied at different times in different sequences in different intensities and volumes. Like you can't just look at the squat, you know what I mean? It's part of a whole series of movement that we apply to athletes to improve their athleticism. So that's the context we're talking out about. Now let's get into the nuts and bolts text.
1: Okay. Starting with the, the foot position and we're training that foot and we, we got to lead off with the toe because that will allow us to not only look at the squat as an opportunity to develop structure and musculature for an athlete, but also the coordination and then the patterning that would carry over to them pushing out of the blocks as well as ability to improve their jumping as well as their ability to change direction and reduce force and do the awesome things that athletes do Uh, so starting with that toes forward position and aligning that it allows us to bias pressing down within the big toe which then allows the posterior chain to fire in order properly and this is a big cal thing where he harps on the importance of the order of the posterior chain to fire glutes hamstring and then opposite QL Mm -hmm. when we rotate our toes out for a, a squat that's taught in other places, then we change the order in which this is firing and it becomes a more anterior biased movement. And our primary movers our go muscles on our backside are not as called upon as primary movers versus the anterior, the front side. So from a squat to squat, Looking at that adjustment toes forward, it puts more bias on the posterior chain. So this goes against the toes out squatting to talk toes forward squatting and still connecting two posterior chain toes forward sprinting athletes because it teaches a pattern of glute, hamstring, opposite QL to fire in that order. So that is one component, patterning. Through a toes forward squat that would carry over to a unilateral sprint movement. Market number two, still in line with CNS. And this goes to one of my favorite Charlie Francis quotes where he still has his top tier athletes and even his beginner athletes bench press. And I know John's passionate about this one where Charlie Francis, why Charlie Francis had his athletes perform one, two, and three rep max bench press he was using the bench press to train their central nervous system and the efficiency and the coordination and then that cns ability firing rate would carry over to other movements so if we're looking at the squat and the opportunity the safest way in the power athlete methodology luke said the cornerstone movement of the methodology that we know to carry over to structural adaptation we can also argue central nervous system. It's the most weight that we can safely put on our athlete's back. Most weight means we have the greatest opportunity for us to recruit musculature and dial in the central nervous system for our ones, our threes, and for our bedrock athletes, our amateurs, our novices, our high school athletes, fives, to then train the central nervous system that is not the pounding of the payment and not the specific sport of sprinting. So that's number two, still in line with the central nervous system. So one patterning two, the, the overarching explosivity of an athlete's central nervous system and the inter and intra muscular coordination, anything to add on the neurological John? No, I mean, it's, um, like
2: at the end of the day, uh um, Strength is a vital component to speed, but it's not the end all be all. Yes. So, like, we, we found an interesting thing that um, as people got stronger, they got faster up into a point. And then all of a sudden, like, the uh, excess strength wasn't helping with their speed because speed is really a, a function of like displaying uh, flexibility, strength, power. I mean, all these key factors. Um, and it kind of is an interesting concert. It's a, it's a wonderful blend and a, an incredible way to expose and really just express all these movements and the, but the problem is is that if spe- if strength is your limiting factor it's going to be your limiting factor at some point sure. it isn't but mm-hmm. going and teaching people a broken model you know one that that talks about you know toes out yeah and, and you can get extremely strong i mean some of the strongest dudes in the world squats with their toes out uh, but it's not ideal there's a force bleed effect and also we're not training people for powerlifting they you know right. like like the guy that is the strongest dude in the world in powerlifting isn't the world's best sprinter I remember um, there was, a, I can't remember who, it was Tyson Gay posted a video talking about uh, squatting one time, and he was showing people squat to a 45, and they were uh, like, hey, this is how we squat, and he was having these guys, and people fucking lost their minds. Mm-hmm. How dare they not squat below parallel? And uh, the CrossFitters were shitting on him and everyone, and I'm like, this is Tyson Gay, one of the fastest men in the world, showing you a squat that they use, which is uh, what they consider sports specific to their yeah. training, teaching and squatting to a level at which is more advantageous for what they're talking about for like the 45 open and closing of the hip. Yes, And like there is an, um, and if you go look and you look at Verkashansky, you look at, uh, um, you know, Mel Sif, Super Training, they talk about sport specific movements in the squatting, whereas a GPP-based squatting, kind of more similar to what we're teaching below parallel, opposed from something that's
1: above being
2: more within the SVP range.
1: Or even below. Yeah, I'm gonna get to depth next we ready okay so moving up the chain but still our our toes forward universe athletic position the picture that that luke painted okay moving up to the hips i want to focus on the hips with our toes forward position we bias the hips within the squat with our whole foot on the ground our depth is determined by the athlete so i said and posed the question to the squat scholar squalor yeah. He's Individual a, he's a, we'll just call them squalor. It's the opportunity for us to identify a limitation within an athlete's movement. So there are two major limiting factors for speed that we, we speak of to our coaches is going to be flexibility and stability. Our our squat, our toes forward squat allows us to identify limiting factors of flexibility and stability within a foundational bilateral movement. Yes, bilateral, but we can still identify these things. And the movement is also the movement solution for said limiting factor for speed. Depth, our goal, our objective when squatting toes forward is to squat and get a full length of our hamstring. To call upon the stretch shortening reflex to get more power out of our hole and accomplish the goal of compensatory acceleration and really pop and get that click, that, that, that whip of the barbell that we hear the weights clang at the top at the full hip extension so a limitation prevents an athlete from getting and accomplishing said depth to get through to stretch shortening cycle we don't want to work around that hip limitation uh future hamstring ankle foot issue by adjusting the foot position out because we mentioned earlier change the firing pattern so we can get to a standard depth that counts at a competition and Luke mentioned earlier and provided the great context that we're using said squat for sport, not the sport of squatting. So the movement at overload, also working into Cal Dietz's approach, we're overloading the structural limitation or the neurological limitation in hopes to then drive the adaptation and correction through movement and overload. And now we get the opportunity continued opportunity on bedrock twice a week, majority of other power athlete programs at least once a week to to overload a squat with the objective of getting to hip crease below parallel, which we for most athletes will then call upon the stretch shortening reflex to then fire up out of the hole. This isn't a free fall bounce off your calves, ass to grass style. It's an active load of the hamstring versus a passive load to parallel or below Mm -hmm. so we want to fire that stretch shortening reflex because in our sprinting technique and i love i love 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 remember that time we were in spain watching the the, uh, the yeah. Euro games. I yeah. forgot. Uh, no, it was the, um, Pan- the, no, no, it was not. the European championship. Yes. In, European in championship before the Olympics in 2016, which but, is
2: crazy. Cause, uh, they don't even put that stuff here, uh, in the United States. Right. We actually, it was on like in every bar. We just sat down. Remember we were supposed to go out to dinner. Uh-huh. We just sat and drank well, beers and watched Spain,
1: it. In Spain, dinner doesn't begin until 10 o'clock. Kid, yeah. Kids, families go to dinner at nine. <laughs> yeah. So we just had six hours to kill to drinking Heineken's and watching, uh, watching track, but they slow down everything yeah. from male, female, 100, 800 meter. And you High just jump. got to see, and we didn't Triple have volume. Jump. yeah. So we're just watching and making observations of coaches. And you can see this, uh, this compensatory acceleration to when they really call upon it within the, the speed. Uh, and Cal during power athlete symposium, 2019 presentation, he talked about the, the, the hips of how less efficient runners start to, in, uh, yeah. I forget the term you use, but their, uh, their hips wave. It's a uh, ele- uh, change in elevation. Change in elevation. This is when they rely more on their, their muscles and metabolic. We, where we want to, within our squat is train and teach that stretch shortening. That's an energy-free explosion of power to finish out the squat. So we're a very efficient economic elite runner would maintain a level hit because they're relying on the stretch shortening and the dynamic of their their tendons to then increase the efficiency of their sprint and their speed so that's our opportunity then to identify the limitation of flexibility stability and now our coordination our economy of movement in a coachable window i guess our camera's over here i'm making an l7 Do you guys know this from Sandlot? Mm -hmm. L7 L7 Wiener. wiener. That means a square. Like I'm coaching through a window. L7 Wiener. You remember that? Um, I don't remember that either. But opportunity to coach now in a window, this coordination, this specific limitations. We're working on so much more for our sprinters within this power athlete, toes forward approach to squatting or the Tyson Gay athletic position of the squat. He, maybe he knows this. Maybe he doesn't. He's a pretty amazing, world-class athlete, and he's able to fire within these things and accomplish where we would look as coaches these goals, but he knows it works for him. So that is another component. So where we had CNS, neurological. Now we have depth and structure, which is more structural within that, but still calling upon the coordination and the economy of movement through a bilateral movement, which we can put it into the best position to transfer over, which is when I want to get to my next point. Get it. Uh, I kind of need a breather. It, John, you, uh, any observations? How, how have you faced you a battle? Breath? Yeah. I got a presentation tomorrow. i got to save my wind. Uh, have you ever battled <laughs> this within the elite levels?
2: Uh, you know, um, or is it
1: more the, the argument? Uh, Cause
2: there, well, like I, I always thought it was funny. Um, The whole Toes Forward thing really came to light at the very first CrossFit football seminar. And uh, Roth got up and presented on it and talked about position and the whole deal. And Kelly, uh, you know, kind of really kind of connected with it. And Kelly Starrett was the one that really kind of pushed it out there in terms of the CrossFit world. I mean, we had been teaching it for years and Roth had been harping on it for years. And it was amazing because all of a sudden, like, it turned into this big debate with CrossFit. And, they, you know, toes out versus toes forward, the whole deal. And they invited K-Star uh, to CrossFit, you know, wherever the uh, fucking Martians were, were working at the time, to have this, like, debate. And the hilarious part is they didn't invite me. Even oh, wow. though uh, they didn't invite Roth, they just invited mm-hmm. Kelly. And what was interesting is as they were going through this argument, uh, I realized that, one, these guys had never really lifted heavy weights, but the bigger issue came down to the fact that they didn't understand squat width. So they were teaching, talking about toes forward in a narrow stance and then driving the knees outside the toe box, outside, the, uh, outside of the foot. And we talk about toes forward, big toe in the ground, driving the knees out, but the knees need to track over the insteps. Yeah. So all of a sudden, when you put somebody in a proper squat width with the knee tracking over the insteps, big toe, flat foot, all of a sudden in the ground, toes forward, and as they press down, and then as they go down, if they press their knees out – their knees usually track over their insteps, and we don't have any of these issues because what happens with the narrow stance when they drive the knees out? All of a sudden, the feet start rolling on the outside, and they lift the big toes. And we know when you lift the big toes, you can't fire the glutes. So as I was watching this uh, abysmal article um, argument between Kelly uh, Russell Berger and the powers that be, I realized it's like a um, forty-year-old virgin talking about you know two bags of sand. Right, and the uh, goal.
0: So the goal has to be. Let's look at the desired outcome for CrossFit to get as many squats as you can to as many people as you can in the shortest period of time so that you you don't have to be a talented coach and you could just let 40 people under your supervision as some dipshit weekend coach not get hurt under body weight squats. Like, yeah, of course, do whatever the hell you want. And you know what well, I mean like well, and, and, we, and I'm not saying that about all said, crossfit coaches
2: people. We've always said you can get extremely fit squatting yeah. with your toes out because fitness don't care. Yeah. Like can, like, can you like like what does a squat look like and they you know put a medicine ball there bounce off it turn your toes out. Yeah. As long as you're able to get more today than you more are based upon to. the model which is increased work capacity, broad-time modal domains, it makes total sense. Sure. But then if you transition over into something that looks like barbell back squatting for performance, for on the field, trying to make people stronger, whether it be football players, sprinters, lacrosse, right. whatever Prepare looks Prepare them
0: like, to dampen and redirect forces in all planes of motion. Then you're really doing those people a huge disservice service. by having them do these curtsy squats with knees outside the toe box. And people are going to get hurt. And we saw like... We saw people legitimately get hurt going yeah. half speed at the seminar. We saw people who were in the bet, like, amazing shape. I they mean, they couldn't do fuck all. Yeah, they could not dampen and redirect force. And then we changed their foot position, John, and guess what happened?
2: They could dampen, and re- I mean, yeah. they could absorb and they could redu- uh, um, like mm-hmm. reduce force yeah. and they could apply it. It's just, uh, it's a simple mechanics thing, and um, I'm not gonna get into the physics, uh, but it comes down to just this it, it's hard to argue against it after you've seen it. And the problem with, you know, our, our buddy... Uh, uh, the Swaller. Swall- uh, yeah, Swallow Swaller. <laughs> um, he, he did not spend a decade of his life traveling yeah. the world teaching thousands of people how to lift weights in performance models. Yeah, not many do. No, and, and that's, you know, and I, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, conceit or ego or whatever the factor, just just the simple fact that we had the opportunity to travel the world and train tens of thousands of athletes and put them through these models based off of training programs. And remember the first question, how many people have done our program? Great. How many people have done other programs? Great. We would mark those people and we'd watch them. The people that had done our stuff could do our, could, could, uh, could reap the benefits of our seminar The people that couldn't, couldn't do anything.
0: And it's probably a bit like, listen, we're not talking, I don't want to swath with like a, Again, a bold statement of absolute, but we've got to work with a lot of people who squatted toes out. Like that. Like, think about that data point. All the people that we got to work with of eighty percent, let's say, were toe, toes out squatter who yeah. who didn't follow like follow the programming or weren't second time attendee um, seminar attendees. They would just crumble, and that's what got. That's why people found it so intriguing and enlightening. Is like I've trained so hard doing these seven foundational movements that are core to extremity and are supposedly magical when combined at maximum relative intensity for time to get my name on a whiteboard. I've trained so hard. I've dedicated years. I'm in the best shape of my life. And then these guys, all they want me to do is lay on my back with my legs straight or lay on my side with my legs straight. I have no... Lateral stability. I have no trunk strength. I have yeah. no, nothing. And I stretch all the time. I'm not even flexible. I'm a level 99 supple leopard. Uh, I we had a crossfit myself. We
2: had a crossfit games winner leave in the middle of dead bugs. Can't and we never do saw it. him again?
0: Now I don't want to diminish the level of fitness these people have achieved. It's commendable. It really is. But we're talking about a totally different arena. We're talking about preparing people to move, to play sport, a real sport where there's winners, like high school football. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there are winners stand by in high school football. State champions and then there are losers in there high school are football. <laughs> Katie Taylor High School. Um, uh, okay, final piece that I have for... Did you recover enough? Did I recover enough in high school? No, no. no I, I mean like... You're we out had of breath. To, here. Yeah, you're
2: out of breath. I mean, you got all riled up. I didn't know if you...
1: And to towel yourself off and get, get your ready. wiggles out let's go i'm ready bilateral bilateral the the one this is the one-to-one and one of my i would call it a mission to help coaches increase their perspective to not make this one-to-one movement transfer fallacy oh. this is where the the origin of the teach movement not movements
0: one-to-one movement fallacy
1: right All right, so bilateral, and I'm going to work it into our squat, and the context is still for a sprinter. But these components will certainly carry over to any athlete that needs to change direction. All right, bilateral movement. We talked about the toes forward with a flat hip and how it biases, or our target is the hip. All right, then what we can do now is manipulate and change the foot position where we had toes out, Anterior, toes forward, posterior, and find out limitation and bias the hip. Now, once we have our athletes go into a bilateral active foot position, so they rise up into a heels off the ground. So not full-on plantar flexion, but still an active foot position. This is an opportunity for us to bias the limitation. Remember, we don't want to work around limitations. We want to target them and use the barbell, the overload, to now fix structural Or neurological issues with an active foot position we're targeting any toe issues and also the foot structure in there so loading up and Luke and I have experienced this where we are able to do more weight than our flat foot fat flat foot squat we're able to do more weight but we Athletes the, We've seen athletes that then are not, have limitations, weak feet, or issues going on with their toes that they can't quite figure out that cannot keep this balance within this, this active foot position. So as soon as they go down, their body stops them. It's like a doorstop, and their, their heels drop, or they get that fear, mm-hmm. that balance falling forward, mm-hmm. and they can't do it. So something is going on within that. Well, we would find a weight that they're able to do, or uh, it could be even a trap bar within this so they can perform this movement safely without any issues. But again, rising up onto that foot, and this, John, the the athletes that are very quad dominant that are unable to recruit, now we can specifically target that because we're almost forcing them to press that big toe down. Mm -hmm. So any quad dominant female athlete or CrossFit athlete within that we are forcing them to do this. We used to do this with the simple the old warm-up leg cradle. As, as soon as people used to, in the seminar used to pick one leg up and give it a hug, we can identify immediately the quad-dominant athletes that are unable to fire their glutes without putting them in a weighted, loaded or stressful position. This movement, once we do our leg cradle assessment, targets that limitation and almost forces them in a position to press that big toe down if a flat foot they couldn't comprehend or neurologically execute the movement by changing the position we are targeting and biasing a limitation within the toe or the foot then we can get into one of my new favorite movements the heel elevated squat this is now a neutral flat foot position but we take away a a support of the Mm. the heel so imagine we have uh, a plate, a flat Olympic plate. Or a, mat, or, or a, mat, a mat, stack of mats. Stack or, of mats, um, one to two inches off the ground.
0: Yeah, stack of like, boards or wood or something where or, yeah. your base of support, your foot is still level and parallel to the ground, but the base of support is restricted to the front of your foot.
1: Yes, and your nothing changes about the execution of your squat. What you'll find though, is a limitation or jam up within your ankle complex, mm-hmm. so this could be dorsiflexion, or it could be a door stop that you have in your ankle from previous injury, or just going back to our our limitations of speed, some stability. You don't mm-hmm. have the strength to control without the free fall and bounce off your calves, right? Or the flex. So we talked about flexibility, stability, and the neurological protection. Your body doesn't know where to go. It's technically. The same squat as you're doing, but now you don't have the, the sensation of your heel down there. Mm-hmm. So your range of motion, your depth, will go down. Is determined your ability to maintain that neutral level foot position. So we're biasing the ankle limitation, and we love to target the toe, foot, and the ankle because we know it talks it when we talk about sprinting and our ability to drive force into the ground when we're at that full speed or even acceleration. We teach acceleration, not within the blocks because our athletes won't have it in the field or the court, but the the force bleed within that, which then force bleed changes our, our stride length. And if we're talking about speed, John, what was the stat that we dropped at the seminar for 40 and stride length? One inch, yeah. One over inch.
0: 40 yards is two tenths.
1: So my stride length is diminished mm-hmm. if there's a force bleed at my ankle. No v- matter how powerful my ass is driving that foot into the ground, if the transfer doesn't go from my trunk and my ass into the ground, I can't use it mm-hmm. in my sprint. And that's where we go back to Cal's uh, level of hips. Economic of movement there. So the ankle, the, the heel... Economy ele- of movement. It, yes, thank you. The heel elevated targets the ankle, and we're able to identify limitation and then use the overload for a sprinter, mm-hmm. toes forward squatting bilaterally to fix this and increase potentially our stride length Mm -hmm. if we're able to correct the force bleed within there. Now we start to drift away from bilateral slightly in a staggered stance. So imagine I'm still toes forward, but now I slightly move one foot back to where my toes are in line with my front foot's arch. This is technically not a bilateral, but at the same time, it's toes forward squatting and I'm biasing the Achilles, my depth will be determined on how low or how much my Achilles tendon of the back leg can stretch. I'm going to go as low as I'm able to maintain neutral hips. I don't wanna go as low as I can because that'll cause a rotation within my hips. So we're biasing the Achilles to increase the ability of the tendon to lengthen. I can increase the, if I increase the ability of my tendon to lengthen, I increase the capacity of my calf muscle and I don't need as big as calves as Luke has because mm. I can get more from my tendon and I'm using less energy than a metabolic muscle bound sprinter and doing more with less. This is where we start to see more 800 meter styles or even basketball players or jumpers, man, mm-hmm. they, they use a lot of their Achilles versus our um, our hundred meter or even our, our, our running backs. There's right. those stockier, more calfy guys. Now, so that stagger somebody referred to as a coffee guy
0: uh i get it a lot
1: (laughs) you just hang out with me um and then finally this is now full-on we would still categorize it as a squat but technically not a bilateral this is to to the split squat that john mentioned earlier where we're on our active foot with the front foot with the front foot our back foot is in a long lunge like yeah lunge like still active position But I'm biasing now the structure of the knee. Mm -hmm. And I'm aiming to send that knee far out in front of those toes while still maintaining a good straight line. Relatively far out. Relatively far out for my flexibility, stability, Mm -hmm. uh, mobility will allow. And at the same time, overloading as much as I can to increase the structural integrity of all the muscular tendon, official term that's going on in our knee which then, if we watch the, high, we again go to slowing down those high speed sprinters there is knee far out over those toes mm-hmm. and a knee calling upon the um, man, I'm, I'm, the, the action of that knee, everything working in unison as an orchestra and symphasy, symphony as Luke, uh, John described earlier, but we need to test it in a controlled environment so if we can see There are limitations at even the lightest of load within a split squat i can now know that that will carry over to Mm -hmm. my sprinter when he's running at full speed and we're in a position in a controlled environment the coaching in a window under load that i can aim and correct it before it's at full uncontrollable unstable speed ahead but watch how we progressed from our full-on bilateral toes forward flat foot squat working gradually towards a more sports-specific split squat that that Cal uses so much and bridging the gap between what Power Athlete Uh begins, our fundamental foundational cornerstone movement of the program, working towards a more Mm sports-specific dynamic thing, but it's targeting different pieces of the leg that certainly carry over to a sprinter, but we would argue more importantly increases in athletes' economy of movement i.e., athleticism.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Structurally and neurologically. I think you killed it. I mean,
2: you literally pulled it out and shot it in the face. Boom. Good job, dude.
0: What I'll else, Texas? I, 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 I don't think I've ever
2: seen Texas Passionate before. I've got
0: a gap. I've got a gap, something okay. we haven't mentioned yet. Okay. Um, tensile strength.
1: John so Wellborn, tensile strength. We, I quote you a lot on that. hmm.
0: So the barbell back squat being a fantastic tool to contribute to tensile strength, which we describe as the, the trunk's ability to create maximal tension when it needs to. And the more rigid you are in the trunk as you're doing things like maybe sprinting, jumping, skipping, the more you're going to be able to transmit and transfer the force created in the hip into the ground. Because if you don't have a high level of tensile strength you're going to get a force bleed effect through the trunk.
2: Well, that's called the wet noodle model, remember? Right. Yeah, oh and yeah. In the, the dry oh, yeah. spaghetti.
0: So this bilateral squat, even at the foundation, allows us to load the trunk and build tensile strength. So it's a tool there. And all of these tools really do have a shelf life and and are dose-specific along an athlete's life cycle. So you have to take into consideration who you're applying these tools to. If this donkey, the squalor, like, what if we would said, okay, you have a fourteen-year-old first-year sprinter? He's never coached anybody. I know, man. John, he's, but let's he's pretend doing this,
2: he's doing this from his mom's basement. You have a fourteen,
0: <laughs> you have a fourteen-year-old first-year sprinter. Any sort of squatting, toes forward or not, getting that kid uh, to a, a double bodyweight back squat is going to have a direct transfer to their speed, sure. Until it doesn't, and you mentioned this earlier. Yeah. So somewhere then, around the
2: double bodyweight.
0: So then, what are the levers we pull? And the point is the bilateral squat with the variations that Tex has talked about, there's a progression to this and it's dose dependent based off the individual skill and limiting factors of the athlete. But needless to say, we have a movement, which is the bilateral squat, which can be applied in different domains at different scales and different loads that are just just one movement out of hundreds that exist in a program. One movement out of hundreds. I don't know. I, I'm tired. I'm tired of this one, John.
2: Yeah, I'm no. Sorry. I've, I've All right. I, well, I, it took I feel like we've been beating on this for yeah a long time. And what's amazing is that uh, you know the fact that people even tap us into this. I'm at the point where I'm like, don't tap me into this because what's going to happen? We're going to really drop some knowledge on this individual, and um, he's going to get butt hurt, and he's just going to block us and then dig his heels in more yeah. because he's not receptive. I mean, when the you know students ready, the master appears. The problem is the student has to be ready, and this guy is probably 100 years away from being ready.
0: All right, Tex, what do we got to close it
1: out? John's definition of tensile strength that we drop Mm -hmm. a few times in the Power Athlete Methodology online course, worth noting per science, tensile strength is defined as a stress, which is measured as force per unit area. John Wellborn defines tensile strength as that inherent strength athletes build from time under load. Well, the tensile longer, strength comes from steel. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the longer an athlete has trained, the greater the tensile strength.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's training under load. And the easiest way to put a load on a kid or you know a young sprinter is a barbell back squat. Like, assuming a lot of like assuming they're relatively put together and you know how to coach it. But if you don't know how to coach it, get out of the kitchen.
2: Or we have this methodology course. That's right. And maybe we could get our squat course yep. ready to oh, go. Oh, yeah.
0: I feel like today was a, yeah, a nice little preview for a future course drop that yep. we're going to have in a, a couple months on the squat, the movement, capital M, not the little M.
2: Squats. This is JJ Squats. Squats. <laughs> Squats. JJ Squat. JJ <laughs> Squat.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm tired. I can't do it anymore. Thanks for listening, and thanks for the question, McQuilkin. <laughs> got me good. Uh, I got you good, you fucker. Just kidding, people. We, you know, I think maybe some people think that the motto is, "Hey, we battle the bullshit whenever we, you know, are up for it." That's not the case. Even though you, we don't want you to hand us this stuff, we're ready to take it on. It's just, we care. We care <laughs> Dude, more than the squalor.
2: Uh, That's the, the problem. The irony of this is um, Saturday I got up and I was headed down to go get a uh, feed. I had to get a bunch of pre-emergent and a bunch of stuff. And as I was uh, like driving, all of a sudden I'm like, Looking at this, and I'm so fucking mad. I pull over <sighs> at uh, 12 in Hamilton Pool at the gas station, and I'm parked right over there, responding to this. And I'm like, "Here I am, Saturday morning, on my way to get chores done, responding
1: to these people." Well, for future trolls, John, I want you to know the squat squalor. He deleted all of your hard work.
0: That's fine. That's
1: fine. So we don't. We do. The we do time. the same
2: thing because he's a. Because I a don't
1: punk. think we do. No, we don't. Oh, he's a punk. We bitch. keep all the bad reviews on Power Athlete iTunes.
0: Yeah, I'm just kidding. I would love for this guy, like this is the guy that we, like we should just have him on the podcast.
1: No, we shouldn't.
0: Uh, because I we do is we validate him. Power <laughs>
1: athlete tried to DM him.
0: Yeah. Anywho, thank you ladies and gentlemen for listening to that. Hopefully that was helpful. Uh, and if you want to learn more, if you if you like the cut of the jib, the cut of today's show's jib, cut of the jib, is that what they say? I, I don't even know I what i I like I'm the cut of about. your jib. Can you Google that? If you like the cut of today's show's Jib, then you should head to what? academy.powerathletehq.com. You're about to find out. Oh, once I'm, I'm interested. Head to academy.powerathletehq.com, oh, and that's where you can find the methodology course. You can find a free warm up course. You can get a free peek at the Power Athlete Methodology course. Head there so you can battle the BS with well thought out, very nuanced, and very rational information regarding strength training.
1: Speaking of very rational, Luke pulled out the 17th century term, jib, one's general appearance or personality. As in, I don't like the cut of Luke's jib. (laughs) In the 17th century, the shape of a jib sail often identified a vessel's nationality, and hence, whether it was hostile or friendly. So
0: you wouldn't like the cut of that jib if it would look like a pirate coming at you a jib is so it was a sail on a sailboat and you could tell how it was shaped whether or not uh,
1: interesting you liked them or not so they liked the cut to the show's jib uh, yeah
0: yeah so I'm as you know you guys could be right too if you just agree with me (laughs) ladies and gentlemen 929-464-4640 that's the number to the hotline 929-464-4640 that's ing ing zero call us leave us a message until next time
2: bye